0: Hello, Lars. Hi. This is Love and Feel the Love Friday.
1: Yes, I'm Kristen.
0: And I'm Caitlin.
1: And Caitlin, welcome back from your honeymoon. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I just spent two weeks on a road trip in Slovenia and Italy, and it was everything that it, you would think it should be for a yeah. honeymoon. It was great. And delayed, because you got married back in October I did.
1: of yeah. 2021. But did you delay because of COVID or because of like time of year?
0: COVID. We were supposed to get married may of last year okay and then we moved it and then realized that like having a huge wedding (laughs) even in but like for the honeymoon oh the honeymoon we delayed yeah we were actually supposed to take a much shorter version of this trip march of 2020 oh wow and we canceled it the day before we left because of covid the day before we that was like right when
1: COVID started yeah
0: we actually closed it the day that they said you couldn't come back from europe basically and our flight was supposed to leave the next day so we just canceled the trip Yeah. So so it was a long time. Two years in the making. Mm
1: -hmm. Cool. I'm well, you brought me something.
0: I (laughs) I brought you a gift. So Josh and I were in Bologna and we were doing some shopping and we passed by a store that is somewhat related. And I was like, you know what? I want to get Kristen something memorable, something memorable, something that's very Italian in material. But I'm with material. a with a theme, <laughs> with a, I don't theme know what related, is, By the way,
1: Caitlin insisted on waiting with
0: a just... <laughs> theme related to our work together. So okay. why don't you open your gift, Kristen? Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't know if this like capturing my reaction live is a good thing I or think a bad. It's thing. Good.
0: Um, this also relates to what we were talking about earlier separately,
1: which, which you're not going to tell listeners. No. About. It is very Italian in material. <laughs> what is the proper name for this? Flogger. A flogger. Flogger. Although it does say whip on the the tag. Yes, Caitlin got me a burgundy mm-hmm. burgundy leather flogger. I'm guessing this was a sex story, or anything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like really fucking pretty.
0: It's like, really nice. Is it weird
1: if I like hang it up in my house? Because it's like really pretty and it's like
0: nice and Italian and... I actually really love it. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about BDSM earlier in our future episode. And uh, yeah, there you go. Very related. I also should warn you that I tried it on my leg earlier when I was wearing shorts. And it hurts. (laughs) So be careful.
1: I thought, I I knew you were going to say I tried it, but I didn't know how the rest of that sentence ended. So I'm glad it was just casually. It was not naked. Okay. Well. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, please do.
0: In not <laughs> that much detail.
1: <laughs> okay, well, welcome to Love And. If we didn't already <laughs> say that, we talk about all kinds of stuff, including Italian, mm-hmm. beautiful Italian leather floggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly, Fail <laughs> the Love Friday is kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> we always write, like, these bullet point notes about what we're going to talk about. So, today's says at the beginning, you know, do the intro, Kristen's gift from Italy. Josh's hair. Yeah. Because you've been wanting to talk about it.
0: Okay, no. It doesn't relate at all uh,
1: to what we were just talking about.
0: It just came to me a couple weeks ago, and I keep forgetting to mention it. But my husband has, like, romance hero hair. He has very thick, luscious hair. It's dark. It's thick. It's, it was getting, he was growing it out, so it was getting longer, and every time I looked over, he, it did the little curl thing that goes over your forehead sometimes. Oh, that they say in books, like, yeah. it, like, falls over his forehead. Yeah, and I, it makes him totally uncomfortable when I tell him these things, because he, <laughs> he doesn't like compliments, but, like, he has hero hair. He does have luscious locks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's not balding at all yet. No, and he has, like, a lot of hair. Yeah. It's he, thick, and he's growing it out, so it's, yeah. Well, yeah, is that all you want to say about it? I don't know. I thought that was going to take longer. <laughs>
1: You know, we, we bookmarked, <laughs> like, seven minutes for that one, so now we got to fill that time. Yeah. Well, we read a lot of books recently. <laughs> we did. Yeah. I wasn't even on my honeymoon, and somehow I still figured out a way to read a lot of books. Yeah, I want to talk about four books that I read this week that don't relate to any of our thematic episodes that we have planned. So, to start out, I read Book Lovers by Emily Henry, which, oh my god, I was just so... I read it the day it came out. It got delivered to my doorstep beach read by emily henry is was one of my first romances and is probably my favorite romance hands down Mm -hmm. book lovers is her third contemporary romance that i feel like she when she, she she's written more than the three romance books that she has but i think she like considers beach read and the last one people we meet on vacation is like her contemporary romance read so this is the third one it's a small town romance but it flips it on its head So it takes place in a small town, but the heroine, Nora, she's a fascinating character. She lives in New York City, and the book starts out in the very first chapter where she's saying, hey, you know you read all those romance novels where, like, the guy goes to the small town and then falls in love with the girl who, like, milks cows or whatever and, like, leaves his city girlfriend? She's like, I'm the city girlfriend that gets dumped. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she is a an agent, a book agent. She works a shit ton of hours. She, like, makes fun at the beginning of the book about, like, these women in these tropes, the girlfriends that get left, and they're just, like, working all the time and on their Peloton. She's like, I love my Peloton. I like, <laughs> use it every day. And she's been left a bunch of times, basically, specifically when these ex-boyfriends have gone to small towns. So she's like, this is, like, literally. Oh, it's happened multiple times? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. This is, She's like, this is literally me so anyway, her sister takes her to a small town she ends up taking some time off the male main character is charlie he's actually a book editor and they meet in the city and they do not get along at first it's a little bit of enemies to friends to lovers i would say is the trope here but i won't divulge how it happens but somehow he also ends up in this small town and because he is the male main character obviously he and nora end up falling in love and so it's flipped in the sense that it takes place in a small town but she falls in love with the city guy And she is not the typical romance heroine. This book also, I would definitely say, is women's fiction. It has the romance. It's more of a medium burn than her last one. So I think, like, Beach Read is, like, very slow burn. The relationship with her and Charlie is great. But she also has a really good relationship with her sister. And that relationship also takes a pretty large chunk of the book, I would say. And so it definitely crosses the line to women's fiction more. But I loved it. Emily Henry is so good with dialogue and witty banter, and it definitely had all that. And I just really like the female main character too. It's not really a character I've seen before. Like, she totally owns her shit in the sense that she's like, I am the city person who loves her Peloton and works crazy hours, and I leave my job, and, you know, I take care of my sister and do all these things. But she's also got a lot of vulnerability. And I think, like, showing characters that are strong but vulnerable is really authentic. Because that's who we are as people.
0: Yeah. Cool. I can't wait to read it. I'm borrowing it now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I always love how Emily Henry weaves in books. Like, I love books about books. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of authors like to write like that. So, you know, I can't remember if her character is named after, like, Nora Roberts or Nora Ephraim, who did a bunch of, like, movies, I think, in the 90s. But there's just, like, a lot of adjacent, like, romance themes that are literally about, like romance romance books that the characters comment on hmm. so that was fun the next one i want to talk about is when we both dnf'd first you yeah. saw it on this list i was really surprised to see this on here yeah okay so i read the worst guy by kate canterbury caitlin and i both started this book i don't know a couple months ago mm-hmm. right it's separately ra- i didn't separately we yeah talked about it. and i dnf'd it at like eight percent do you remember when you stopped it was pretty early yeah it's in Enemies to Lovers that takes place in a hospital. The male main character, Sebastian, is a trauma surgeon, and the female main character, Sarah, is a plastic surgeon, and they're both in, in a Boston hospital. And, yeah, I DNF'd it before even the 10% mark because the idea is that they hate each other in the hospital. He's an extreme grump. She's, like, a happy, sunny person, and they end up getting in a fight and, like, causing, like, actual physical damage to the hospital they get reprimanded and then basically put in like weekly counseling and together so yeah, yeah together so they're forced they're gonna be forced to interact and I guess the, the first 10% just
0: didn't really grab me and I was yeah I and, think I didn't it starts out with him just talking about his dick I think that's true and I, I think the first
1: line of the book is my dick was languishing yes
0: <laughs> yeah so yeah, that's so way I couldn't get into it because of that but I'm glad that you yeah so will have to go back
1: I I had put it down a couple months ago and then I saw on read it and the romance reads thread that like someone gushed about it and i was reading all the comments and so many of the comments said i stopped this book at 10 percent should i go back and a lot of people said i did the same thing and then i went back and i fucking loved it
0: huh. okay. so
1: i trusted the process and it was really actually quite awesome there's a lot of character growth it was very steamy the characters in their late 30s and early 40s which I also thought was authentic because like as doctors like you're in school for fucking ever if you're like you're an attending or something and not even a resident like you probably are in your 30s or 40s
0: yeah
1: by the time you're having that kind of story there's a lot of character growth for both of them and she is initially perceived to be like this sunny happy person and also like a people pleaser but there's a lot more underneath of her that like you really get into in the book and this is just another book that i thought like the character depth and development was really good so Mm -hmm. i definitely recommend it i just get past the 10 percent, and you'll
0: fly through it sweet
1: okay do you want to talk about a book and give my voice a break so i
0: wrote this on the flight home so this is called something fabulous by alexis hall and it is a gay regency romance about two main male characters bonnie and valentine valentine is a duke Who is supposed to marry Bonnie's twin sister, Bella? And it starts out with him really shittily proposing to her, basically saying, like, our parents wanted us to marry and it's time. I'm in my late 20s. Every every woman's dream. Yeah. And Bella is essentially dating her best friend who likes to dress up as a man, but is a woman. And Bella runs away because she doesn't want to marry Valentine and Bonnie and Valentine go after her, and so there's a lot of forced proximity where they're riding in a carriage, staying overnight in certain places. This book is super ridiculous. There were a lot of times where I thought (laughs) they were just being really mean to Valentine, and I didn't love that, but I also thought the banter was really good, and their relationship was really cute, and I thought Valentine's character was very endearing. Bonnie is outwardly gay, and he just you know, he doesn't have any fortune, he doesn't have any prospects, so he just sees men and doesn't really, he just knows who he is. Valentine doesn't really have many friends, he thinks he has a duty to get married and, you know, make his estate continue, and he has never considered the fact that he could be gay or that you can even be with a person of the same gender. So he- has never really been interested in anyone, but he never really questioned that. And then he starts to hang out with Bonnie and Bonnie tells him that he sleeps with men and Valentine's like, what? That's a possibility? Oh, like, a that's a thing? Whoa. And then he starts realizing how attractive Bonnie is and how, you know, he like, touches like, Bonnie's very flirtatious with him. And so he starts to become interested. And I, I really liked it sounds that. sounds really character. good. It was really cute. Again, the, the, the parts were there and like the sister Bella is like totally a drama queen and totally ridiculous. And she was super annoying to me. <laughs> um, but Valentine and Bonnie were really cute. Is it an enemies to lover at any, or just like kind
1: of a strangers to friends to lovers?
0: Well, they were friends as kids, but they haven't been friends in a while. Valentine has been sort of out of the picture being a duke, I guess. So they're kind of antagonistic at the beginning and then they become friends and then lovers. Yeah. It's like nice steam and like things that they did that they focused on. The sex scenes focus on stuff that I, you always see as like only a part of a sexual experience but not anyway it's really good hmm. yeah hmm. really hmm. cute i, I think know. alexis hall just came out with another book too or is about to uh, it's about to i'm going to mention it when we talk about yeah the yeah. book's coming out but... so i think he generally writes uh, queer romance yes yeah. i think that's true yeah oh that sounds really good yeah tbr really cute. Mm-hmm.
1: okay two more books blame it on vodka by fiona cole is the third in her i don't know alcohol series so us go. i don't I think it's like Blame It on the Alcohol is maybe what the series is called, but her first one, Blame It on the Champagne, we liked. I didn't Did you read that. that one? Okay, I liked it. Blame It on the Tequila is the second one. We both really loved that one. It's like a... We s- talked about that yeah, one. Yeah, we or talked about star it in a Rockstar episode. episode. It's like a stepbrother Rockstar romance. I was surprised that I liked this third one even more than Blame really? It on Tequila. Yes. I can't wait. I literally just downloaded it. Yes. Myself, so it takes place with the same... Like, the three books focus on a friend group of three women... So this book is about Ray, who is, I sort of feel like she's, like, the Samantha of the group. Of like, Sex and the City reference. I don't know if you remember how she's portrayed and Blame it on the Tequila. But she's, like, she's very punchy. She speaks up for, for herself. And she's also, like, openly will go hook up with men and really owns it. So well, this
0: character is in the other books? Yeah, because
1: she's one of the friends of I don't the main character. Yeah. yeah. So this is about her and her best friend, Austin and the whole plot line is that you know ray hooks up with a lot of people and she always has and she met austin and he kind of turned her down and they became best friends instead somehow at the time the book is taking place she's actually just uh she has a boyfriend um which is like everyone thinks is super weird but her dad's in like politics and so she's kind of doing it to you know put the best family face forward or whatever is he a clown He's not a clown. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> reference to our Tessa Bailey episode. Go back into our catalog. If you want to know more, you should. But the, the whole uh, plot here and the kind of the trope is drunken marriage in Vegas. So her and Austin get drunkenly married in Vegas. It actually happens in the epilogue of Blame It on the Tequila. So that part is already revealed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because I went back and read Blame It on the Tequila after this nice. to compare. It's very, very, very fucking steamy. I will say that. But I love Best Friends to Lovers. That's, like, one of my favorite tropes. Yeah. Also, trigger warning, this book deals with, I would say, emotional and physical abuse.
0: Between the main characters?
1: No. Between Ray <coughs> okay. and someone else. She is a real hard-ass character. Always is perceived to take care of herself. She kind of owns all of her shit. And I thought... Fiona did a really good job of showing a vulnerability with her, too, that I won't really talk about. But there's things that she's dealing with that are vulnerable that she actually doesn't share because she wants to put out this like hard shell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of sort of got to like reconcile with that. But yeah, it, it, I loved it. I really liked it. You're going to like it. I'm so excited. Fun Truth Unlimited. The last book I'll talk about is one that. I really kind of avoided. It's by Ashley Winstead. It's called Fool Me Once. I think this is her debut romance novel. She usually writes thrillers, I think. The reason I avoided it is because it's about politics. Mm. And I tend to just, like, avoid that as a plot line because I'm, frankly, the mid... 2010s have just ruined politics <laughs> yeah. for me forever, and I'm just so tired. That being said, we will have a
0: politics episode. We will. There are some. There are some. That yes. Are good.
1: Yeah. And this would actually be a great book to discuss there more. But this is a romance that takes place in Texas. The political aspect of it is that it deals with clean energy. Our heroine is Lee, and she is sort of I think the communications director for a electric car producer. Hmm. And it's a woman-led company. So they talk about it as being like Tesla, but it's led by a woman. And the whole thing that Lee has been working on for years is to get this bill passed so that all government vehicles in Texas would be electric vehicles. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Huge deal. And so she ends up pairing with the governor's office, the Texas governor, who is supposed to be like more of a moderate guy and is actually in support of this bill, which is like Texas is surprising and he is like we'll work with you on this because you're gonna have to obviously convince the state uh, house and senate to pass it you know and then he brings in someone specifically to work on the bill and the person he brings in is lee's ex-boyfriend ben oh and five years earlier they didn't have the best breakup because and this happens early on in the book so i'm not really spoiling anything but basically she's been cheated on a lot and she thought Ben was cheating on her, so she cheated on him first. <gasps> sort of a defensive mechanism. Oh, shit. And then he just picked up and left and cut her off and, like, blocked her and everything. And
0: Which is was- a fair response. Yeah, fair
1: response. But Lee is in her late 20s, but she's sort of, like, still a partier and, like, She's, just, like, so professional in her professional career and does and has done really well, but she's also, like, not got her shit together on a personal side. Hmm. And now Ben shows up again, and, like, they have to work together, basically, to get this bill passed. And it involves, like, having to go convince certain house members to to vote one way or the other. They that sounds like my worst nightmare. They end up at a renaissance festival and, like, a rodeo. What? Like, there's all these, like, kind of, like, hijinks and, like, plot lines that are involved that basically like, it leads to forced proximity, but i really fucking loved it i didn't expect to like it but i thought it was so good i thought that lee's character development i feel like that's the theme now i'm realizing that's what makes a great book to me because all these books i've talked about today have great character growth and development mm-hmm. and, and badass
0: female characters, and badass female so
1: clearly i have a thing yeah but you should you should read this for sure it was a fantastic romance debut for this author it's steamy for sure. I would just trigger warning for like the cheating aspect because some people avoid that.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Cool. It's fucking great. Great. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I can't wait to read all of those. You want to talk about what just came out and what's coming out next week? Yeah. Do you want me to mention some of these?
1: Well, why don't you do the first what already came out this week?
0: Okay, so we've got a new Christina Lauren. If you remember, Christina Lauren is a pair of writers, Christina and Lauren. They're friends, and they write together. They've written a number of books we've already talked about. Yeah, Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating, uh, The Unhoneymooners. Right, Kristen talked about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, so they've got a new book called Something Wilder, and that came out on May 17th. It's a contemporary male-female romance sonali dev you should mention this because you actually know about her. yeah
1: so sonali dev has a whole retelling series of like classical authors i think i forget what the first one's called but it's about pride and prejudice it's a retelling of that she has a new book that just came out on may 17th called the emma project which is a jane austen retelling and she's an indian author so they're like main characters are all indian characters and oh, I love that. kind of takes place you know, not in your traditional, or not traditional, but like not US, in U.S. culture, not U.S. culture, which is like
0: they take place in India, or is it?
1: I'm not sure if it's consistently in India or or in the U.S. But like the characters are okay, are of Indian descent, it, of Indian descent. Cool. and so that's just like a you know a nice variety from like the normal her- heroes and heroines that we see in a lot all of the white people, yeah,
0: everywhere, yeah. Uh-huh. Rachel Lynn Solomon also has a new book called "See You Yesterday." which is a contemporary young adult time travel book she wrote today tonight tomorrow which is one of my favorite young adult romance books that i've read it takes place in seattle yeah it it's takes little place little in like seattle it. it's super cute and i'm excited to read this one yeah
1: she came great. out may 17th she also wrote the x talk which is an yeah. adult not ya yeah but yeah she's great yeah things that are coming out next week so
0: well why don't you talk about the alexis hall one? Oh yeah so alexis hall the author i just mentioned of something fabulous has a new book, *A Lady for a Duke*, which is um, male female. It's a queer historical romance with a transgender heroine. Yeah. So yeah, I want to read that. Yeah, and really did you
1: read book. *Boyfriend Material*?
0: No, it's on my list. It's on my to have read you, list.
1: What else have you read by Alexis Hall? That's but... it. It's just oh, just fabulous. The, Yeah. Okay.
0: I don't know. I think that was just a Kindle recommendation, and that's why I downloaded it. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. he's most well known, I think, for *Boyfriend Material*. Yeah. The other book that's coming out that just caught my eye—I've never heard of this author before on may 23rd a book by karen booth is coming out called it's a widow thing and it looks like it's a contemporary romance about a hero and heroine they're in their 40s i think she's like a new widow after being married like in her late 30s and he's like a guy in wall street i don't know that the plot just sounded kind of interesting and i hadn't heard of her before so i looked back in her catalog this is actually the third book in her series and in a series that just deals with heroes and heroines who are basically in their 30s or 40s which is like a lot skipped over a lot
0: underrepresented underrepresented i do want to point out earlier that you said this was old characters and 40s is not old i didn't say it was old characters (laughs) you You literally wrote old old heroes and heroines (laughs) and i was
1: offended as someone in their late 30s (laughs) therefore i offended myself it doesn't count anyway it just the plot looked interesting and
0: it's just rare to yeah, have people it is in their 30s and 40s. What's every... even rarer is to have it done in a realistic fashion. Yes. So I'd be interested to read her books to see it, how she does it. Yes,
1: I think it's easy, or not easy, I just think that some of the other books that I've read with older heroes and heroines, like they're like acting like they're 25, right? and I definitely don't act like We've that. We've talked about that in time travel. Like yeah, the, we did try. It.
0: The single gray hair. The single gray hair.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yes. Okay, so yeah, that's on the what's what came out, what's coming out. Let's get to the meat of today's episode.
0: Yeah, so much content. Okay, so this is will be pretty quick, but I was on my honeymoon, and we were obviously in these, all these beautiful European cities, and it reminded me that in a lot of places, including in the U.S., lovers will put locks on bridges to signify that their love is locked, and they'll throw away the key. They probably throw the key into the river, which can't be good. I didn't even think about that. I I never never thought about that. I have, but they usually like you write your names on the lock Mm -hmm. or your initials or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah, actually, I think it's the second or third. All the boys I've loved before movie. No, they go to wherever her parents, their parents met, and they find the lock, which is like the least realistic part of those movies because these locks are taken down every couple years. (laughs) There's no way that would still be there for like 20 years. First, the origins of this practice. So I read an article by Liana Tedesco from thetravel.com, and the article is called The Good, the Bad, and the History Behind the Love Lock Bridges. According to the article, the practice was presumed to have begun in China, where it was customary for a couple to put a lock on a gate or a chain to symbolize eternal love, because without the key, you can't unlock it, which is the same principle behind the use today i know okay i just never made that connection you just
1: thought it was like a lock why not yeah i i mean that, that makes total sense i guess i just never like articulated it in my head first of all that my immediately thought though when you were like you're locked into a fraternity was like is that you sure you want that
0: <laughs> like <laughs> says somebody who's married
1: yeah i know well okay yeah but still like it's just like a law a physical lock and you're like tossing away the key yeah. like that just seems like Super final. Like, there's a way out
0: of marriage, at least, but no way out of this lock. This is why you don't get matching tattoos with your spouse, (laughs) no matter how much you think you love them. (laughs) Okay, go on. (laughs) Okay, so then the practice was adopted um, in Serbia, and this is, like, considered to be the modern... How long ago? That's a great question. I don't think the article had it. I don't know. I don't know how long ago. Okay, so then the practice was adopted in Serbia, in a town that I will not even try to pronounce, even though I just pronounced a lot of Slovenian words that are similarly spelled two young lovers relia who was a soldier and nada who which was just described as the love of his life so apparently she didn't have her own job i guess it was a long time Mm. ago yeah the town was involved in a war relia went to fight in the war and nada thought that their love would be eternal but when he came back from the war because he survived he ended up with another woman Her heart was broken, and the whole town knew about this and knew this was happening. So many other young women decided to literally lock their love. They would go to the bridge where Relia and Nada met, and they would put their own locks on the bridge in order to ensure everlasting love.
1: So you're telling me that this one woman's story built a revolution of other women to come and grab locks and go to a bridge collectively, like an outroar of a community. Apparently. Are you sure this is real? It's I like that's like only happens in the I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay, well this is it's what the very, article says I would say that's very romantic too, but it's heartbreaking. Like she's it's doing really it out sad. of like
0: oh, yeah. heartbreak. Well, this is not the end of the story. Okay. So then this this practice continues and travels globally. I mean, this happens on the Brooklyn Bridge in New York, it happens in Paris. I think there's one bridge in Paris where it's said to have really gained popularity. I went to that one. Yeah, well, that railing fucking fell over because the locks were so heavy. Well, when so I went, they- there were
1: not that many locks. Like, they, yeah, they have, just cleared them out. They do
0: clear them out. Yeah, so, you know. I think it's, at this point, it's like you're expecting your love to have a time limit because you know they're going to take those locks off. <laughs> so, like, you could do it and be like, oh, yeah, honey, I totally want to be with you forever. But I know this is going to come down in a year. Right? It's symbolic. Yeah. I wouldn't do it if I were you. Don't do it. Unless you don't want to be with I partner.
1: think, well, I always think about it from, like, an archaeological perspective. Like, how cool it would be in a hundred years for people to go back and like it's such a weird societal practice like it's it a, is weird it but would be fascinating as someone from the future studying the past
0: yeah well i think in some places where they're not as heavily used they'll stay up but oh my god this picture from the article is like so many locks on yeah I exactly the it's railing. crazy so in the for the paris bridge It was estimated that 16,000 pounds was being added to the bridge every year.
1: I'd be afraid to walk on that bridge.
0: I know. I know. Those bridges are not meant for that. (laughs) They are usually pedestrian bridges, and they are not meant to hold that much weight. So this eventually led to one side of the bridge's fence falling off, and officials were basically like, oh shit, right, these weigh (laughs) some amount of pounds, so we're going to start taking them down. So that's what they do now, and it's not safe everyone's ruining everything this is why I can't have nice things end of episode that's what I got guys um love has consequences you know what I mean
1: that's uh that's summing it up super <laughs> this is a very uh light feel the love Friday <laughs> ends on a different note this week
0: feel the love but don't feel it so hard you know what I mean don't don't feel it forever don't, don't, it don't forever. lock yourself in with no way out Unless you're I might have suggested matching tattoos during my honeymoon. Got a little crazy. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> Thank
1: God. Yeah. Um wait serious like seriously though? And like
0: no. Well, a... I don't know, I think it'd be cute.
1: Like even if it doesn't work out. or like something no, no, else no, no. that like doesn't
0: something else, yeah. I would never. Okay, well teach their own. Yeah. I mean it's just your body's temporary. You know I, I mean? have tattoos, I know. I just don't yeah, know. Yeah, but body. like if that happened, you can always cover it up, like I guess. My favorite description of tattoos, somebody's asking somebody about it and they were like, Oh, they're temporary and they're like, What do you mean, temporary tattoos? And they were like, No, your body's temporary. Like, it doesn't matter. Wow. And I was like, Yeah. So now I just that like I really like fucking with my mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I love it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a good thing you have so many fucking tattoos now. Yeah. You have a lot. And they're small. I want to get more. Wow. We've come okay. so far. Well, I think From a lips lot. to this. <laughs> I <think laughs> Floggers.
1: Floggers. Oh, sorry. So, yes, to sum up this week's episode, floggers, romance hair,
0: love locks,
1: trapped for eternity. Okay, here's what I want locks to know. Lots of good book recommendations.
0: Here's what I want to know. Where have you hung a lock? If you hung a lock, where, where'd you do it? And who was the love? And are you still together? Or are you? has your love been cut off, much like your lock that you put on that bridge? Yeah. Also want to know, what kind of hair does your lover have? Is it a romance hair? Do you consider it romance hair? What?
1: what are the parameters for romance hair that I th- like well, someone
0: could include like look I at their partner can, and be like yeah this is it i think you can describe it anyway but i do think it's a very common description to have like luscious oh lugs. yeah They're,
1: none of them are balding which although is why i did gosh, read it. one book by claire kent escorted which like he is bald
0: hmm. interesting
1: like, like wrong with that.
0: nothing wrong with them yeah so describe that and do you have a flogger is it italian leather is it italian, italian leather me- yeah are they usually leather I have no idea. I am not a connoisseur. I guess I'm about to find out. But I will say that the sex shop looked exactly like sex shops in the U.S. Really? Yeah. But, like, I feel like this is such a fancy flogger. I know. They also had a bunch that looked like fly swatters. It's probably not a flogger. It's probably something else. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well,
1: on that note, you can join us every week for a thematic episode or Feel the Love Friday. The next week, our episode will be focused on hockey. Hockey players. Yeah, lots of sports, sports romance, but we're focusing on hockey in particular for reasons we'll discuss Mm -hmm. and yeah, catch us on our website, loveandpodcast.com or Instagram
0: and Twitter at love and underscore podcast. Mm -hmm. Please uh, rate and review on Apple podcasts or rate us on Spotify. Please share with your friends or repost us yes um, and if you want to talk about share info about floggers or love
1: locks or any of us. the other things we talked about email us at hello at love and or leave us a comment on social yeah see you lovers bye lovers go love yourselves